welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is October 7th. This is episode 111. We've had some major developments as of this morning coming into the market space. Quite a bit of a hard rejection off of our S&P, Bitcoin, Ethereum, other commodities, taking a bit of a dive today. The Dixie pushing back towards 113. US 10-year bonds at around 3.88%. Can we turn this thing around before Monday? Can we start to continue to see a slowing down of the bonds and of the dollar index? It's kind of to be seen and best case scenario type of deal for what we have going for us right now. As always, we're going to start out by looking at our macros on Ethereum and Bitcoin. We don't have a whole lot of change that's happened here. We do have a four-day close coming up on the Bitcoin and the Ethereum charts. And as far as things have been going, you know, um, these charts don't actually look that bad. We've already confirmed a green dot. We're working our way back towards uh, the green wolf pack and potentially a potato signal in the next four-day candle, uh, which is going to be Monday. Actually, sorry, Tuesday, rather, would be the next close. So potentially over the next four days from now, uh, momentum may shift again into the upside direction as we were. For now, things have kind of staggered off, halted, gotten pushed back. A large part of the reason for that could have been just for our weekly close for the S&P. We did have unemployment rate data coming out today. Honestly, a little bit better than I think people were expecting. But that also could lead to the Fed hiking interest rates higher than people were expecting as well next month. We do have CPI reports coming out next week. So, you know, kind of an important time and point to be paying attention to everything. But coming back to the chart again, not looking so terrible up here on our four day but we could be starting to see this shift back down because of the last day and a half that we've had. And over the next four days is going to be important for how this thing turns out. If we were to reject off the zero line, potentially trying to reconfirm triple confirmation back to the downside, obviously that would not be a positive thing for the crypto space. Four day setup, one day, four day. Still technically valid at this point when we come over here to the daily chart. We still have triple confirmation on both Ethereum and Bitcoin. But as we can see, the money flow is pointing itself right back down. We've turned, you know, we were about neutral slash pointing up before today started. And now that today has happened, we've pointed ourselves back down again. We're still at a point in which we could get a higher low, turning ourselves back up at the zero line type of situation, double type of fake out before getting continuation up. But we just, we want to be careful again, you know, if this is a true type of bearish event and we start to break through these levels, we don't continue to see the level of the US tenure and the Dixie rejecting, which I mean, when we're working down into our smaller timeframes, uh, such as hourly and shorter, we can see that we're stacking up bearish divergences within our Dixie and within our 10-year bond market. We've still technically got lower highs. As long as it continues to turn around by Tuesday, 
this whole what happened today could have just been again just noise and fear and things will keep going in the re- in the direction that we've been talking about and considering and the fibs are completely extended to the downside here in our shorter time frames um, we just need to get back below market structure which is right around the 3.8% and for the dixie it's around 1119 so not too, too much ground to cover before flip market structures. It's just a matter of seeing it actually play out and, and continue working in, in the direction that we were shooting for. For now, we don't have any confirmation or reassurance that this is going to continue turning off and down and reject this level, you know, coming back up towards 4%. Not a bad thing because obviously we had a very dramatic drop. Over the last couple of days, we came back up. If we can confirm this lower high, same dealio with the Dixie, there would be a resurgence of volume, I would imagine, that jumps back in and pushes these charts back down. Taking a look over here at our S&P, we've got kind of some factors that are agreeing with that type of rejection on those charts, giving us a bit of hidden bullish divergence across the board. It is still technically a higher low converging wave, potentially to play off of these previous bullish divergences. As we can see, Wolfpack, Liberator broke down lower than the diverging points, but gave us hidden bullish divergence because we've still technically got a higher low than the previous low divergence. And it's pretty much across the whole board, Money Flow, Liberator, Wolfpack. So... We'll have to see how it opens again on Tuesday. We do have a long weekend. And the interesting fact that I was pointing out today for myself was that essentially every time we've been in this zone between 3,700 and 3,730 or 3,750, depending on how you look at it, we've built a gap here back in on September 22nd. We have a gap here on September 28th. Every time we've essentially gapped through, gapped through, gapped back up, and gapped through. So we really haven't filled this area with a full-bodied candle. And maybe, you know, you could say that this, this push here back on September 28th filled the previous gap. It did and it didn't. It didn't really fill it completely. So, I mean, we were above the gap, meaning we had to come back, you know, down and fill it, and in which we gapped right through it again to the downside. So now the gap is above us. So what does that mean? It means we have to come back up and close the gap in that sense, which could, again, hopefully be an underlying sign that this overall is continuing to bottom. This was just a final fear-mongering candle, wick, whatever you want to call it and see it as, as long as things continue next week to turn themselves back up. The only thing, again, that we have here against us would be money flow. Still pointing down, but... You know, the last couple hours here of the S&P were diverging in our shorter time frames. We've started to turn up from the 3626 bottom that we hit. So there's, there's absolutely still some opium here. It's just a matter of, is it going to be enough? Is everything, you know, is everything set up accordingly of how we need it? Rejecting off of 20,000 on Bitcoin, obviously not a great thing. But because it happened on a Friday... You know, there's always room for shenanigans around the weekend and around the weekly close. That's just how these markets operate. Again, with CPI data coming out on the 13th, we should have a very exciting week, regardless of direction, come next week. 
potentially more volatility coming into the space right now. We're in a very, very, very tight range, as we've spoken about the last couple meetings. Right before it was eighteen five to nineteen five, we broke above nineteen five. Now I would say it's between twenty and either nineteen five or nineteen, however you want to see it. So either a five hundred dollar or a thousand dollar gap still. So the range is tightening. We're seeing good momentum coming in back and forth. Even though we came down pretty hard today, we've recovered quite a bit of that already. Quite a bit of that. We're already back at trading at nineteen thousand five hundred again. And it's actually kind of pushing with some volume right now, now that the stock market has closed. Again, I think the the secret little edge here that we can have is that the hourly started to turn itself right back around here as long as we don't form a lower low, because that would invalidate all this bullish divergence by essentially forming a lower low on the indicators and on the chart, right? We don't want to see that. We don't want to see this divergence invalidated which at this point, no, no divergence has been invalidated. So we're still, like I said, we're on the edge, and it is a scary as heck edge. They're literally holding us 90 degrees over the cliff. But this is what the stock market likes to do. It likes to test and retest and test again and make sure that, oh, you know, oh, we've scared out exactly as many people as we can before this thing turns around, if it's going to turn around. And if it's not, then they're going to push us off the cliff. And they're going to make as many people feel safe at this level as possible. At the moment, you know, that's a little less likely than us turning back up just in how things are. But again, there's so many things going on in the background. You know, the talks about the Russian submarine entering potentially American waters, this, that, and the other thing between Ukraine and oil pricing from OPEC and and just so many things going on in the background that we you know, we can't control and that are going to absolutely affect the markets in a fluctuating type of way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my good friend, Pio, you have anything you want to jump in here? Yeah. Hello. Funny you mention it. I think, you know, if there's a relief from next week from CPI, um, showing inflation perhaps going down, although there's some data coming out saying maybe it's not like so i'd be balancing the probabilities on at a30 esc on the 13th when us cpi reports for last month comes out because it is it isn't for october right? it's for september um so it could surprise everybody and it could you know it, it could have gone up you know um and then they could rock everybody in november when october is is released and they could show that, you know it's going down so, you know, I would, um, I just wouldn't be in a trade personally, but it's going to be, it's definitely going to move the markets. And I think if it does, you know, even a, a month and month, 0% increase in inflation, um, I think that could be enough for the markets here to kind of test some ranges. And um, to what you said about earnings reports, yeah, I think if we end up going up for a while, I think it's earnings reports that's going to, Kind of punch all that in the face on the other side of the midterms. So kind of know what our probabilities are if depending on how things kind of signal to us over the next week. Right. Yeah, it is kind of a kind of a crab shoot. Crab shoot, but with the earnings like the Fed are, as we were discussing on Wednesday, kind of kind of kind of caught. You know, like you need to recognize that nature of this beast is has a remit for two things, and that is 
um, trying to keep employment um, at a high level and trying to keep inflation down. And they see interest rates as the lever to balance both of those. So, you know, the, the lever they have to pull with interest rates will make employment drop, but should drop inflation by dropping demand. So, like, it's a very simple mechanic, you know, if you want to strip back all the noise in politics. So what they're looking at is, is this. So if, as reported today, kind of fake the market out during the week because the market started to see in preliminary data that um, employment was going down, unemployment was going up in the States. They're like, okay, this gives the Fed room to kind of lay off that interest rate lever. But when it was reported today, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's an argument for strengthening the economy, if you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. or more strength than, than what people perceive. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that inflation can't still go down, you know. It, it doesn't mean that at all. There's so many other reasons, as we're seeing in these COVID supply chain crunch kind of, and the same with commodities, you know, all those charts. Are, mm-hmm. You know, lumber is my favorite one. It's just... It looks crazy. It looks like the dual chart, you know? It's just bumping along, doing the same thing for years. Next thing, 20 X's right back to where it started. Mm-hmm. Flatlining. Um, so it's a matter of when that shows up, whether it's next week or the month after, because it is a month behind um, the reporting. It's it's, it's going to fake so many people out who aren't going to put enough mental energy into such choppy waters. Absolutely. And it's it's so strange seeing how these things react in this environment, because you're right, like, you know, we, we have the, the Dixie and the 10 year, you know, yield jumping 1% each day back and forth or 2% over two days. Like, they are absolutely acting like shit coins right now that don't know what the future holds for themselves, you know, and are just washing everyone out, regardless of direction. Yeah, you don't got a right to be frustrated, you know, in this market at yourself, you know. Um, it's got to look at just some crazy SH1T happening, like the movements in a pound, you know, beyond any historical range. Never moved that much in so many different mm-hmm. ways. In history, they're like, this is like a shitcoin, you know. It's just, yeah, you thought you knew it, but you didn't, you know. <laughs> um, I think the focus can certainly preserve capital. Or, you know, yeah, spot some opportunities if they understand what's happening and why. Have you guys um, had any any news about the pound and the euro over there that would be positive, potentially? Um, I think, I think the euro is pretty straightforward right now. You know, it's really all tied to, um, all really kind of tied to this winter. Um, I am not quite sure if, enough politicians are actually kind of looking at or being advised of, you know, the right data because they're still in Ireland and the UK, they're still like talking like energy prices. You know, we're all going to be like, again, cooking rats on burning rats. Yeah. Because they, they're still talking in this kind of price and fashion. Um, now there is generating capacity issues and stuff like that, but like there's plenty of demand reduction measures in industry that can just mitigate that one or 2%. We're talking about marginal differences. Um, but there's definitely enough molecules and the prices have gone way down the wholesale market. So unless the energy companies have done some incredibly stupid stuff and hedged at the very top, um, 
I think a lot of it is narrative driven and that fear. Um, and that I think the euro is at the bottom of a range right now. It might go lower, you know, in the medium long term. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think worst case scenario is still kind of reflected in the chart. And I don't think, I think the reality has moved beyond that. Um, pound is just such an extremely volatile political situation. Nobody's a clue what this government's going to say on Monday. They're just, it's not going to last long either. So the market is really just telling them, no, no, it didn't change the last two weeks. You can't borrow billions of pounds from us to lower taxes. And, you know, just because we're hedge funds doesn't mean that we're not real people. And we can see that the working man is going to crack if you start cutting public expenditure, you know, to kind of make up for yeah, riots. No, absolutely. <laughs> that, so that would be uh, implementations of the quantitative easing, correct? Yeah. So, like the Bank of England did a short term measure. They started buying the debt because they had, to, you know, the market was like, no, no, we can fit, we can see what's happening here. You know, like this plan is a bad plan either way. So the Bank of England stepped in, started quantitative easing by buying bonds. But there's a mm-hmm. deadline next week where they're going to, they already said, like I said, it was like a two week period they're going to buy them for. They call them gilts, of course they do. <laughs> in the UK um, right <laughs> you know, it's like something out of Harry Potter but um, uh, I had to Google it because I was like what the fuck is the guilt um, but that's supposed to end next week so they're going to have to make a decision between now and then whether you know it's safe to allow the bar- to see if the market will buy UK debt or whether they'll have to you know not test the waters but know the waters or you know say hey we'll just keep them doing this for another two weeks and like the U- it becomes like the um, the crisis every November in the US with the federal budget, you know, just this rolling. Out. Yeah, sure, we keep borrowing here, which is kind of yeah. a tailspin. And the UK is not the US; it's it's really dwindling economically, uh, bad shape, and um, they don't have the strength of having the Fed, you know reserve currency. So the pound could really get quite ugly unless their this government basically changes. I don't think there's any change trajectory. But you made another couple of points about like how scary the world situation is. And it's funny. Um, it came up online, but it's actually something I've read a lot about. So on this day, on the 7th of October in 1571, the greatest event witnessed by ages past, present, and to come, as a Span- famous Spanish writer, Cervantes, who participated in the battle, put it, saw the Battle of Leopanto, which was the kind of culmination of uh, the Ottomans. And they're kind of like trying to take over Europe, essentially. It was a massive naval battle, um, like thousands of ships on either side. It was this epic battle in the middle of the Mediterranean. And the Christian forces won. And it was it was a first sign that the kind of the Christian Western Europe kind of saw that like, okay, maybe we can win this because uh, the Ottomans had basically kind of rolled most of like North Africa and Southeastern Europe, like, you know, in, in the years preceding that. And I feel that we're kind of like at that age now with China and Russia, where we felt that they're going to become the dominating forces, the dominating threat. But I do believe Russia is turning out to be, turning out to be a paper tiger. And the US introduced new sanctions today on China because it showed that the Iranian drones that the Russians were firing at the Ukrainians actually had Intel chips in them which were manufactured by a big Chinese um, manufacturer. 
So wow. the US is certainly putting a massive squeeze on on China now because of that. They're like, yeah, this is exactly worst case scenario, you know, and you did it. You allowed it to happen. You know, this is exactly why, you know, ban TikTok, ban Huawei. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I, I think, you know, people like Peter Zion's really interesting in terms of demographics. The, the US just has really good demographics because of immigration. Russia, and it's such an old country, and they're throwing all their young men die in a war, senseless war. And in China, their data has just been so flooded for so many years. It's like the Saudis talking about their water reserves. You know, their own data shows that their population actually topped out the 2000s last decade, two decades ago. So anyway, random, but if people are into history, Commander Whitlock probably pick up on this. Yeah, it's it's we're living in unprecedented times, and you know. It's always interesting when you have these historical events lining up with, you know, current dates and pretexts of ideas and yeah. Chance. Very yeah, please I would love to read a little bit more about this and get what it's all about. Very strange indeed. It's it it almost happens too often to be, you know, coincidental. But of course it's it's a coincidence, but like it's just a very strange one. A very strange one indeed. I'd be interested in how other people see this, but especially nowadays, because like I just feel the world has gone crazy since 2016. You know, I miss the days of because something nostalgic, just like Dre era rap. The world was such a better place when he was like, <laughs> you know, the whole era of like you know from 2000s on, it was great. Like just kind of stupid music, everything was. It's almost—it's almost like know. we've just been floating in, uh, floating in time. Like, like I feel like, like we've just been sitting still for four years, five years, six years. You know, like things just don't feel like they're moving ahead like they were at one point in time. But I, I totally get what you mean. Like everything after 2016, it's been weird. It's it's been weird. Nothing's Harambe. been chill. Yeah, if Harambe tips us over. That's got to be it. <laughs> I hear you. Um, it's, I think way too much about that, but it's just one crisis after another, rolling into another, and then there's another dimension, and then there's some crazy mother effer who like sends things in another direction, and it just becomes like so crazy. You just laugh at it, and you're like, "Is this a movie?" Because it's just like what's going to happen. Ever continuing crap. And I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, if we if we work our way out of this whole Russia conflict, you know, we potentially have another broad conflict with China coming over the whole Taiwan thing. Like, there's just, it's just, it never, it's never ending. Or we could all get faked out. I could just have been a crazy couple of years and I go back <laughs> in and chill for another, like, five years. And like, well, I know. tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for things to go back to norm, to normal, like living before post-pandemic, post you know, potential world war shit. So we'll only have, you know, the only time will tell. All you boys got to come to, you got you know, you can come to Ireland. A couple of years ago in, um, in the West, this kind of dude who'd moved there from Switzerland for retirement passed away and turned out he was the head of the Secret Service for the last 50 years. And he bought a big country home and built a bunker under it. And it's where the Swiss government were going to go Wow, for doomsday. This random little village in the middle of nowhere in the west of Ireland, because 
85% of the time, the wind is blowing from the southwest. No one bombs in the middle of the Atlantic. That's true. It would be a safe place. Interesting. So before we wrap things up, guys, I just want to reiterate kind of what we're dealing with in this environment. You know, at this point in time, because we don't have four-day TC'd up, I would not be out of the shorts. I would still be hedging in this environment as long as we don't close below 19200 and we don't see a daily triple confirmation down to invalidate the bullish triple confirmation that we've had. You can still be potentially in your starting long entries. Obviously, the four-hour did have a bearish divergence here. TC'd, this is still being looked at as a buying opportunity because we still have excuse me, a higher low and potential for hidden bullish divergence on the Bitcoin chart, Ethereum chart as well. But if you know, if you shorted this move, you're looking for the next TC, you know, if you're playing this on a four hour, you need to keep it to the four hour for now, unless daily goes into the downside direction. So yes, hedging advisable, for sure. The charts are still all misaligned, daily up, three day down, four hour down, one hour potentially working its way back up even as we speak. Nothing is confirmed or certain or anything yet. So don't get washed out. Don't get pushed out. You know, maintain your positions. If you got in with me around 19,100, I do still have most of the position. And, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea of what's happening here by Monday and Tuesday. The weekend could be, you know, either or. I'm not 100% certain at this point in time what the weekend's going to give us. It feels like it's actually going to be quite positive just because we've closed on such a on such a crappy note here. We've still got, let me see here, when is the Dixie close? We've got another two hours for the Dixie and for the 10-year yield. I believe there's only an hour left. No, there's 10 minutes left. So we're not going to see any new developments here in the next two hours and 10 minutes, but potentially opening next week, we may see a reversal again. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears open for that. For anyone listening on the podcast who've never listened before, make sure you check out our website, tripleconfirmation.com. Got a ton of good information about what we've been doing, what our trading bot looks like, and you can test it out with the alpha. So excellent stuff. We do have a very, very important V2 community call coming up on October 24th, I do believe. So be sure to be there for that Discord link in the descriptions. And with all that said, my friends, be safe. Spend some time with your family over the long weekend. I'll be mostly gone on Monday for Thanksgiving up here in Canada. I will be doing the session, but it'll be early and I probably won't have an audience. It'll just be myself going over the markets in the morning and then sending it over to Hymo to edit. So you guys may have an early post. Essentially, you'll be able to listen to it at the time in which that you would normally sit here and record it. So that all being said, have yourselves a great weekend. Be safe. Take care. Bye-bye.